This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon, a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. My guest is Karen Triggs. Karen is one of the Society of Australian Sexologists accredited psychosexual therapists. She also has a background in general counselling and relationship counselling with an interest in trauma. She also brings her lived experience to her work. Welcome, Karen. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're going to talk today about a sensitive topic of loss and sadness related to sex. In your work as a sex therapist, how does this show up for your clients? Well, what I've observed is that for most clients coming to see me, there is an element of loss or sadness expressed at some point in our therapy sessions. I think that most people in long-term committed relationships will experience some kind of change in their sex lives at some point. It's unrealistic to expect our sex lives to remain the same. So with that, with changes, there's often an accompanying loss, particularly if a change is quite challenging or difficult. Very often people come to see me after living with a sexual change or difficulty for some time. So it could be that there may be huge differences in desire, or one partner finds intercourse very painful, there may have been a fair, an illness or health issue that makes sex difficult or sometimes impossible, or even just that a partner's expectations of sexual intimacy are not being met in some way. There's so many different presentations in which loss will show up. I think people come to a therapist, like you said, after a long time of having something they feel is an issue or things not working the way that they'd want it to, and want you to fix it, want you to change it. But ultimately, for some situations, it may be that it's more about accepting that things aren't able to go back to the way they were prior necessarily. What's that like for people that you work with? Um, I think that's incredibly difficult for many people that I work with. And so the react reactions may be very similar to any other kind of loss. And so helping people to acknowledge and accept that their reactions and their experiences and their feelings are quite normal under the circumstances. I guess that's the first step. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Ella Shannon, a show about sex, relationships and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. 
he may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. <laughs> so they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind-blowing. And I sometimes get the feeling that when it comes to sex, there's kind of a feeling like we shouldn't feel so sad about this because it's just sex. So why should we be feeling sad and, and upset and hurt and all the other feelings that might go with that? So kind of just reminding people that it's normal to feel like that and it's okay. So naming the loss and kind of exploring what exactly has been lost, what exactly makes you feel sad and why you're feeling sad, and then helping each partner understand how they cope themselves, how the other partner is coping or other partners, what they need from each other and what they might need from themselves can be quite helpful. Often I've noticed that the partner who's experiencing the difficulty may feel guilty or try and compensate in other ways or often doesn't feel good enough, feels worthless and fears that their partner will leave. And so that can create quite a lot of stress and strain on the relationship, particularly if that's not being spoken about or understood. I've also found it helpful to explore, very helpful in fact, to explore what is actually possible and what's still on the sexual menu, what can be put on the sexual menu, and then also what might be practically helpful. Is it a case of a different position, maybe some physiotherapy, certain types of specialist equipment, such as penis pumps, pillows, those are the kinds of things that, that can be helpful. So I guess it's helping clients just process and feel okay with what they're experiencing and have that acknowledged and validated by both me as a therapist and, the, and their partners. It's very, very powerful actually. So allowing people to really mourn for what they can't have anymore coming to a level of acceptance but then looking forward of well what is available now yeah what is possible and, and I found that that's often something that when people realize oh we, act, we actually do have a lot that connects us physically it may not be intercourse it may not actually be an orgasm but there's all these other wonderful things that we can hold on to and I think that's influenced by the way that society has put so much emphasis on orgasm as the goal of sex and having intercourse. In that sense, there's often an unpacking of around well, why do you want to have sex? What's important about it? What does sex mean to you? What's your why? Understanding those things from a deeper perspective. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon, a show about sex relationships and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, like, I have needs now. whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my god. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. <laughs>
So they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind-blowing. For couples navigating something like this, where there is sadness, how can they ensure that their relationship stays strong despite some of the difficulties? That's an interesting question because sometimes the relationship isn't strong in the first place. Mm. So then we are looking at what do we need to do to strengthen that relationship? Do we need to learn how to communicate our thoughts, feelings and desires and needs and wants in a helpful way? Are we able to hear what our partner is saying without needing to reply, but just wanting to understand? That's often a really key thing. And so that would be applicable, I think, to all couples, really. I found generally that even though sometimes couples will say that communication is really good, and then when you actually listen, you realize that actually it's not quite as strong as it could be or as helpful and healthy as it could be. So it might be a case of looking at how do we strengthen the relationship in the first place. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex, and so discussing it generally doesn't come naturally. If a couple has a very connected, secure and healthy relationship, then it's going to be easier. If they don't, then they're going to need to learn those skills. So my task is to help a couple or partnership communicating and express their loss in a way that can be heard and understood by each other rather than becoming defensive or minimizing or turning away from each other. Looking at what they can then do so that they understand that sex is more than intercourse and orgasm and helping them to shift the focus to pleasure, touch and physical connection. Often partners may avoid talking about the issue and how they feel because they don't want to hurt or pressure the other or because it might result in conflict or because it's just too embarrassing or they feel guilt. So there can be this tendency to avoid talking about these really difficult issues my job is to try and facilitate that so they can really hear and be with and witness each other's feelings. And just being able to do that is really helpful. I would imagine that for many couples, they would have been sexually intimate in a certain similar way for a very long time. And even if they were really good at communicating, may not have ever needed to talk about sex. So mm. how and when and just seems very difficult to all of a sudden start doing that. Do you have any tips for people listening that recognise perhaps they do need to talk a bit more about that, how they could start or how they could break the ice? Learning to just listen without wanting to fix or take away the other person's feelings, to just acknowledge and validate that being able to take turns in listening to each other and finding ways in which to stay calm. There's just a lot of room and space to be able to have that kind of communication. And, and I find that most people don't really... Some people, some couples do it naturally, but most couples that come to see me don't know how to do that. I think that it's also helpful to seek help early on, which is kind of what I'm saying there. Make a choice to understand each other's feelings and experiences, even when they may be very different from your own. And that can be something generally with grief and loss, that there can be an expectation that you need to mourn or you need to experience the same feelings as I am. And if you don't, or you don't express them in a similar way, then that becomes a problem that becomes so acknowledging that we all have very unique and different ways of expressing our feelings and having different experiences 
But it's okay to feel sadness and loss around sexuality. Find ways to express your feelings. So I might get clients to maybe draw what their sadness looks like and then find words that go with that. Focus on what is possible. What is possible? Making a choice to turn towards each other rather than turn away. Because often if things aren't discussed and they aren't, then there can be this distancing that occurs because nobody wants to talk about what's going on because either they don't want to hurt each other, they feel afraid in some way, or they don't know quite how to talk about it. You may experience a range of emotions and different emotions at different times. Often people think that grief has to progress in a certain way, and it doesn't. It can be so being very flexible and very accepting and taking one day at a time around what you're experiencing and that it's okay to have all sorts of different emotions. I like how you really said such a helpful way to approach this is to really take the emphasis off intercourse and orgasm and move it to mm. pleasure and connection. How can people make that shift? Because it is a, quite a mental shift and I imagine it's practically doing different things is a shift as well. It's a very important shift for everyone to get their heads around. True. Um, because invariably people think about, people say, I want to have sex, and actually what they're saying is I want to have intercourse, and then they forget there's all these other wonderful, wonderful ways of staying physically connected that feel really good. Now, I could just for an example, I, I had a couple that I was working with, the female partner, they were an elderly couple, wanted to have a little bit of a break from intercourse because of some past trauma that had come up and they just had one one evening where they just lay in bed naked together and that's all they did just mm. held hands and hugged in bed and there was this beautiful skin-to-skin -skin contact and they just said it was so intimate and so pleasurable and so connected and so the kinds of experiences are not less than orgasm and intercourse mm -hmm. They're as good as, and helping people to understand that that's okay, that we don't have to have this goal of having an orgasm. An orgasm lasts often, it's not that long, but it's all the things that lead up to that that's really exciting and pleasurable. Mm. So helping them to find those things. So I might say, give them a, a menu of what is possible, what do we like doing, what feels good, where does this feel good? Even simple things like touching each other's hands and noticing what feels good and what feels pleasurable. Where does touch feel pleasurable? What is that sensation like? Thinking and being mindful about that kind of sensation. There's so many different things that you can do, but it's slowing things down hmm. and really reflecting and being mindful about, oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. It's not an orgasm and it's not intercourse, but it still feels good. Uh, even if they're having a shower together, holding hands is a very intimate thing. Kissing is really intimate. There's all these things that once couples see, ah, oh, yes, there's a lot of things here that we're still doing, and they feel really good, and that provides some relief and a sense of hope. As you speak, what really stands out is that perhaps previous ways of being sexually intimate were potentially a bit on autopilot, and the shift is to really become present and really engaged in what am I noticing and what's happening in the moment and what a beautiful practice for everyone really. It's very rewarding 
to notice that couples, when they enter that space, when they're willing to go there, there is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in the relationship as they let go of these expectations that have been imprinted on us in some way around orgasm and intercourse. Yeah. Orgasm is just one way of experiencing sexual pleasure. Other pleasurable interactions are not less than just different. I think it's also not helpful to make comparisons with the sex lives of other people. Oh, everyone else is doing this. Everyone else is, is experiencing this. So now we not. So we must be missing out. And this is terrible and it's awful. Every couple or partnership is unique. Karen, what an important topic and what a beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom with us today. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I hope that maybe just might prompt people who may be experiencing or have experienced some of these things to know that there is hope. It's okay to feel sad about change and um, a loss around sexuality. You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. Being able to feel good about my body again, that's been a huge thing. All anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard. We actually do have a lot that connects us physically. It's making people feel good. There is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in a relationship. A really beautiful thing. Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland, or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.